from the Emory Career Center. This is On the Road to Happiness, where we're taking a deep dive investigation on how you find happiness, fulfillment, and justice in your future career. I'm your host, Gabriella Lewis. And this week, we're talking what is happiness. Summer's on the mind, so sweet we can taste it. And when the sun comes out, our eyes change color. Different, different, different. Here at Emory, and in the world of higher education, there's always a constant buzz. What's next? We focus a lot on what we're going to do after college. Whether it be the resume, the club that will get you the connections, the internship, the grad school application, the job directly after college, or the long-term career, it sometimes feels like all we ever talk about. And right, this makes sense. College, among other things, is there to prepare us for the rest of our lives. But we also focus a lot, and especially at Emory, about the dollar amount tied to our decisions and future forays into careers. But should that be all we talk about? If we're going to spend the next 40 years in a field, shouldn't we at least consider the potential happiness price tag? A global survey conducted by Gallup Poll uncovered that out of the world's 1 billion full-time workers, only 15% of people were engaged at work. That means an astronomical 85% of people are unhappy in their jobs. And I'm really not saying we should forget about the paycheck or the salary. That's obviously naive and unrealistic, especially because a living wage directly ties to happiness and well-being. But what I am saying is we shouldn't forget the age-old adage, money doesn't buy happiness. But even keeping that old saying in mind, the question remains, how do we balance happiness and career? First up on the program is Dr. Jane Yang, who works at Emory Caps and is a licensed psychologist, here to talk to us more about happiness at Emory. My name is Jane Yang. I am a licensed psychologist, and I am currently one of the interim co-executive directors of Counseling and Psychological Services. I am more permanently the associate director of Outreach Services for CAPS, and I'm an Emory alum. I graduated from the college in 1998. So in this podcast, we're talking about happiness, we're talking about career, and, you know, part of that is kind of stress, and it is somewhat, uh, you know, specific to this Emory experience, this, you know, being in a collegiate environment, especially a somewhat competitive one. So can you talk about from your work, working with students at Emory, what are the main stressors of students? So I think there are the main broad stressors, which have to do with, you know, managing academics and for some students, managing family responsibilities and managing workload and, and then what that looks like in, in the student's life. So it's not uncommon for young people to show up for therapy saying that they feel anxious or depressed. And then the work in therapy is sort of helping to, to tease apart, well, what are you anxious and depressed about? Like, what, what does that actually mean? I would say that for Emory students, you know, Emory students are generally very driven, very ambitious, pretty goal-oriented. And so when it comes to stress, much of it can be really academically related. So maybe students aren't performing in a way that in the way that they're used to, or maybe what they're putting in is not necessarily what they're getting out from their work. And then it can be very high stakes, right? And it can feel very high stakes. 
What's also common is for me to work with students in therapy in which they're saying, I'm doing this thing that I always thought I wanted to do. So, you know, I think a pretty common one is I'm pre-med, right? And what they're saying to me is I'm pre-med. This is something I always thought I wanted to do. Now I'm doing it. My grades are fine, but I'm really unhappy. And the fact that I'm unhappy is really stressing me out because I thought this was this thing that I wanted to do. And I'm realizing, do I not? How do I figure it out? And and what does that look like? So while we're currently recording this, it's uh, around the Olympics. And, you know, I think some big discussions we've been seeing in the world is folks like, uh, you know, Simone Biles or Naomi Osaka, who are stepping away right now because of stress, because of mental health. And, you know, I I think it's tough to think of them as like, oh, they're in a career. But, you know, their careers look different than most people who go to Emory or you and I, but that's still their workplace. And, you know, they're having this incredible amount of stress that's put on them. And it's making them, making it difficult in their job and probably making it a less happy experience. So can you talk about how, you know, in, in light of something like that, where we're seeing it really on a national stage, but it's happening in a lot of people's lives, how does career st- stress play into other stressors of some of the people that you talk to uh, in your line of work? Yeah, well, I think if we use these two athletes as an example, right, or as a sort of launching off place, part of what what both of them are combating are some of the toxic norms or toxic narratives in our society, right? Which are, you you just push through, you just do it, right? And, and even some of these messages around, it's your responsibility, it's your duty. And, and in that way, I don't think that's very different from many of the things that students who are in school feel, right? So it's, a lot of these messages around like you power through, if you work hard enough, things will pay off. You, you know, for students who may hold one or more historically marginalized identities, and then they're attending a predominantly white institution, a lot of energy around you, the messages one receives that you have to work two or three times as hard to be taken, you know, equally as seriously as someone who doesn't share your race, more, more accurately, someone who's white, or for women, for someone who's a cis male. And so I I think a a lot of those narratives exist, right? And so certainly when we think about career stress or the stories that people tell themselves about what their life is supposed to, to look like, right? Or achievement or just pushing through. If one reaches a point where you say, I'm gonna quit towing that line. I'm gonna let it drop. And I'm going to take a minute to think about what really makes me happy. We don't actually live in a culture that really necessarily rewards people stopping to think about, you know, what gives them personal fulfillment. What we tend to reward as a culture is achievement, right? And, 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 and that's also part of the narrative of the American dream of meritocracy, which is um, if you become educated, if you do all these things, then that's the pathway to success, right? So certainly it it can be um, dissonant for people when they're doing all the things they think they're supposed to be doing and then they're not feeling happy. And then that contributes to this feeling of stress because it's like, well, why am I not feeling happy about these things? But but then also there can be sort of this experience of, um, I think of it as like running on a hamster wheel right? It's like, there's no opportunity to enjoy what you're doing because you're always thinking about what comes next. 
And I think that a lot of these things can be really interwoven to feed maybe like a lack of opportunity to really think more about things like meaning. So, you know, as I'm choosing to do these things for my career, how did I make that choice? Like, what was the original little spark that that gave me a sense of meaning or a desire to pursue what I was pursuing? Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. And the, you know, looking at kind of a cultural perspective of how we look at career and happiness in this country and in this world. Can you talk a little bit more about why does happiness matter in pursuing a career like at all? Like why, you know, you, you touched on it before, but why not just go on this hamster wheel, right? Like what what does happiness, what's that role that it plays long-term in a career? So it's, it's sort of interesting because there's been like some research that's done over time. So if, if we sort of step back and we look at some of the research, right? Like people who are not happy in their careers tend to have higher burnout. They tend to be out sick more. Also, they tend to feel like less, less successful, whether or not that's accurate. They tend to feel that way. And there's also a tendency to, um, because of the burnout, because of all these other things, maybe not be able to, to blossom in the ways they want in other areas of their lives. So that's sort of like the nutshell of the practical impacts, right? But then I also think about just from a place of personhood, right? the importance of choosing a career in which you can find a sense of meaning and purpose, right? And and I think that for some people, that career is going to look one way. For other people, it will look, look like something totally different, but there's value and worth in that path and in that journey. And so in that way, I do think happiness and career matters from the perspective of thinking about how one makes meaning of one's existence and and sense of purpose in life. And can you give us some tips on how you can prioritize happiness and wellness in your career? And and I don't really just mean like once you get the job or when you're, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, but like when you get to college and like you kind of gave this example of pre-med or something else, when you're when you're figuring out what you want to do, when you're taking on opportunities, when you're taking classes, how from the jump do you prioritize happiness and well-being and then continue on into career? So I think one of the first things is to keep in mind, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And, and I think because so many Emory student, students in particular are very driven, there can very much be this perspective of, if I can, I should. And also, if it's not going to completely like burn me out or drain me, then I should, right? But, but I think one, one thing that can be really helpful is, is to really think, sort of step back and think, is this something that I'm interested in? Is it something that I will learn from? And is it something that I think will bring me some joy or feeling of accomplishment? Before the yes. Right. And, and so one little strategy that I'll, I'll tell people is when someone comes with you, to you with an opportunity to, to be grateful for the opportunity and to say, can I have some time to think about it? So that you not only have time to think about the opportunity, but also about the questions you might have to figure out whether or not this thing that looks good on the surface is actually going to be a good match for you. Right. I think some other things are being okay with taking a step, an actual step back, 
So it's okay to start something and then to evaluate your experience with that. And then to make a decision midstream that maybe it's no longer the right thing for you. And there's learning how to let go of things is also a talent, a very under underutilized and undervalued talent. So when I think about Simone Biles, right? Like what she talks about is how she got out there and she was just like, you know what? I need to take a step back. So she was listening to herself, right? So so I, I think those are just some sort of things that one can do from a developmental perspective to really gain a sense of what might actually give you the space to feel a sense of fulfillment in what you're doing. I think the other thing is giving oneself the space to get things wrong and to be messy, right? So many highly achieving people have this perspective that everything's got to be like wrapped up in a neat bow and it's got to be perfect and, and it needs to be packaged well, but life is messy. So it's really important to give yourself permission to be messy in that and to figure out when things are messy, who the people you are, who the people are in your life that you know and that you trust that you can actually go to for guidance and feedback. And and what's really critical with that is going to people you know and trust who have your best interest at heart. Sometimes there are people you know and trust who have their own agenda for you. (laughs) Those aren't necessarily going to be always the best people to go to, right? So, So people who can have a little bit more balanced and measured perspective regarding what your needs might be can also be really helpful. The importance of giving yourself permission to be curious about yourself, sort of an explorer of your own mind and your own life, right? Because I do think that when one is highly achieving, and especially if there are additional external pressures, um, when things aren't going the way that, that you expect, it can feel somehow like you're doing something wrong. Right. And and oftentimes people can be really hard on themselves in those moments versus giving themselves the space to really think about, well, I am struggling in this or this isn't going the way that I wanted. But what's happening here? Right. And, and so just that permission to be a little more, I guess a little more self-compassionate and open to the possibility that perhaps the data is telling you something about yourself that you didn't expect, but it may not mean that there's something wrong with you, right? At least not in the way you think. It it may just be that your path is is going to look different than you thought it would. And that that can be very scary and it can also be very rewarding. Well, thank you so much for making the time and, you know, giving us such fantastic insight. It was just wonderful to have you. Thank you. So after talking to Jane, it really got me thinking. Is happiness as much of a career search as benefits, pay, or feel? If it's going to affect every part of our life, and even will lead to increased productivity, it seems necessary to think about when we're deciding our careers, job title, or organization to work for. So how do we actually deal with happiness here at Emory? How much do we actually prioritize happiness in our collegiate prep for career? Fortunately, these are conversations I've tried to investigate in the past. So next up on the docket, 
I'm sitting down with one of my best friends, Molly Gassman, to hear our students' perspective on career, happiness, and the pressure we bring to it all at Emory. I'm Molly. I am a junior at Emory, and I'm studying business, concentrating in ISOM and consulting. And then I also am potentially going to do a double major in women, gender, sexuality studies in the college, but we'll see. So Molly, you and I talk a lot about happiness and career, which is kind of what this whole podcast is about. And so let's just discuss that a little bit today. I think the first question I have for you is how much pressure do you feel like there is to get a job in this space here at Emory? I mean, I think in any space, at a college, at a university, career is kind of the goal afterwards. You know, I think most students here are looking for a career, even if they want to go to professional school afterwards, they might take a gap year and find a career kind of to fill that in between. So I think that at any school, particularly Emory, but at any school, you're going to kind of feel that pressure of like, oh, what am I doing to make sure I get that? Because... I think you see a lot of other students working towards that and you want to make sure you have that for yourself as well. I don't know. I think like the career driven mindset is important because I think for a lot of people, college is a huge opportunity that maybe like people's parents didn't have or something where um, you're really trying to kind of get that next step. And so you're trying to utilize your college experience and leverage everything that you're doing to kind of get that best next step as possible. And so with that obviously comes pressure because, you know, whether that's placed on you by yourself, by your family, by your friends, by the university, um, I think that pressure is going to be there. But I think it just shows that you care. um, Mm -hmm. And it just shows kind of like your drive and your motivation towards that next step. So yeah. First of all, I agree with you. I think that yeah, there's absolutely kind of this pressure, but it's it shows people care. And obviously we kind of go to this elite institution and that's what you're going to see high achieving folks. Within that, I'm interested, you know, I think Emory's such a fascinating place because it's got this high contingency of, of business school students. It's got this high contingency of medical school students. And then it still has kind of liberal arts, et cetera. And, you know, that's where I fall in. You kind of fall into the business school, but also some of the liberal arts category. And with that, where do you think we balance money versus happiness kind of here at Emory? Um, I think it depends on the student. Like, yeah. I don't think there's one right way for all of Emory as to how that is balanced. Emory is obviously like any college, as I said before, it's a huge opportunity mm-hmm. um, and there's cost with that. And so yeah. I think money is definitely a big thing people do look towards when it comes to a career because you know, that's important. And if you are really investing in your education and your future at Emory, you want to make sure you're kind of like almost financially paying that off with a good career from a money perspective in the end. So I think money is definitely an aspect. I think happiness is a big aspect as well. But I think just kind of like I spoke to the pressure before, I think happiness is almost like lost in the search of a career sometimes you just see what other people are doing and you're like oh maybe that sounds interesting I should look at that Um, or maybe you are really concerned about money and you're looking at kind of what starting salaries these different types of jobs or careers might have and that's really gearing your search Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing but I think a lot of times when I talk to students about like their internship searches um, or recruiting or things like that they're not enjoying that process. And I'm wondering if they're even enjoying like 
the people that they're talking to and the types of careers that they're getting. And if happiness is a part of that process that maybe they're just not focusing on, or if it's a part of that process at all. Right. And I think that I completely agree. Like that is something I feel like at Emory, we talk a lot about money and how much we're going to make, whatever. But then also I feel like the flip side is like, it almost feels like it's one or nothing. You know what I mean? It's really tough to find that balance a lot of times. Yeah. And I do think also like happiness is not just, at Emory, but I feel like that's something that people in our culture, you know, as a whole are not yeah. like really trained to talk about. Like we're not totally. trained to look for a job that makes us happy or even like we're not trained to talk about what makes us happy. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times people are kind of like trained to complain about things or trained to like do that because that's what's popular and they're less likely to talk about, oh, like I really enjoyed you know, this conversation I have with a recruiter today. Or I really enjoyed this conversation that I was having you know, about whatever career I'm interested in. So I don't think that's necessarily an everything or a job recruiting thing. I think that's just kind of like speaks to larger society and that do we take time to enjoy and gratitude and put happiness as a focal point in our life? Yeah. And I also think within that, like, you know, money can't buy happiness, but I also think we don't talk about like the, like the, you need money to survive also, right? Right. And like also like not being justly paid in your career. You're not going to be happy. You know what I mean? So I think that's, it's a tough balance. Yeah, I think it's a fine line. And I think, you know, in looking for a career, you want both. And it's kind Mm -hmm. of hard to find that balance of, you know, what I need in the happiness arena and the fulfillment arena and what I need in the financial arena. And a lot of times those offset each other. Like I know a lot of people who maybe they don't like their job very much and it doesn't make them very happy, but they get paid a lot. And that allows them to do a lot of really fun things that they enjoy in their free time or they can invest in other things because of that. On the other side, I know a lot of people who really enjoy their job and it just doesn't pay that well, but they're Mm -hmm. like, but I really like what I do. It doesn't really feel like I'm working. So I think they're both important and it's kind of up to the individual to see kind of where that balance is. Exactly. Yeah. So the last question I have for you, Molly, and you know, this kind of goes off of what we've talked about, you know, we're juniors, we're thinking about what we're going to do in the future, (laughs) as much as that sounds really scary. How important is happiness in career for you? And can you tell us like a little bit about how that may manifest? Yeah, I think happiness is really important for me. I mean, I noticed just in my academic setting, if I'm not taking classes I enjoy, if I'm not, you know, really investing my time into things that make me happy, no matter how like, if their jobs, how much they pay, or if they're, you know, extracurriculars, how, you know, prestigious they might be or something like that, like, I notice that like that really impacts me. So I think that, you know, I talked a little bit earlier about the balance of money and happiness and how both are important and they may offset each other sometimes. I think happiness is probably a bit more important to me than is money because I think in a career that's kind of like not a focal point of one's identity, but it's definitely like a big thing. Um, It's, you know, a lot of time you're committing to doing one thing, as well as you kind of associate to your career a lot, whether it you know manifests as an identity or not. So I think if I'm investing my time and identifying with a certain career and that's not making me happy, I think that would then cause me to not be happy in other aspects of my life as well. Yeah. So I definitely, um, yeah, I feel like in terms of like going through recruiting, going through kind of like the job internship search process. I think happiness is definitely at the forefront of my mind, whether or not like that's been trained in me before. But I think it's really important for me because I know myself 
to be proactive in that sense and look for things that I know will make me happy because I think it would be short-sighted of me to not do that now because I feel like I would feel those negative impacts later. Well, thanks for talking with us today, Molly. Yeah, thanks for having me. After talking with Molly, I realized I want to hear more from students about how much they value happiness in career. So I set out on the quad and asked some folks. Hi, I'm Bronwyn Boyd, and um, I'm double majoring in history and French studies, and um, I'm on the pre-law track. And I think kind of my stance on, you know, happiness and, and balancing that with your career. I read this um, short story by Tobias Wolf um, called A Bullet in the Brain that talks about that essentially like the moral of the story is sometimes making your passion your career can kill your passion. <laughs> you know that that's kind of dark, but I think it is possible um, to have a career that you find fulfilling and meaningful um, without it being your sole passion. And so for me, I think I need to have hobbies and stuff, and that will be how I balance that, you know, happiness with my career. My name's Ron John. I'm a second year, and uh, I'm a MVB econ major. And happiness in a career has honestly been one of the hardest things for me to navigate here because I really want to help people in my life, but I also really want to earn that bag kind of deal. So trying to find a path in a career that leads me to a way that fulfills me and meets my needs as a level of a human, while also fulfilling my needs for a career um, financially and for security in the future is honestly one of my biggest plights this year. My name is David. I'm studying business and computer science, and I'm a junior. So for me, uh, I, I don't... The things that I really enjoy in life are not the things that I want to do for work because I need the things that I enjoy to be separate from the thing that I'm forced to do every day because ultimately you have to go to work every day. So things like photography and music, which I really enjoy doing, are not things that I would want to do as a career. And people have actually said that I should, you know, charge for photography or and things like that, but it's not something that I'm interested in doing. It's something that's fun for me as a hobby. On the other hand, things that I'm good at and I'm at least interested in like data analytics and computer science that's something that i'd want to do for a career because it's not something that i would just do in my free time but it's something that i'm good enough at and enjoy enough to make a living out of hi i'm shivani patel i'm majoring in anthropology and human biology and spanish and i'm on the pre-med track so i think one of the biggest things in terms of happiness along the pre-med track is really just enjoying the journey a lot of times students think they'll derive happiness from reaching that next goal whether that's getting into med school becoming a physician um, and often that doesn't pan out if you're always just striving for happiness in your career goals. So I think learning to enjoy the journey and just finding gratitude along the way will really help you be happy in the long run. So from talking with students, it's clear that happiness is on the mind. But at the same time, as one of the students so astutely put, getting that bag is too. Even though it may be ideal to say hell with money, that's not the reality of our world. Hearing from them, I think a lot about my own path. I'm someone who wants to go into a line of work that honestly doesn't pay well, but in return, hopefully I'll be professionally, ethically, and personally fulfilled. And to be clear, that's a privilege I have to even get to try out this path. But that nagging, dreaded question in the back of my head remains, will I be happy if I'm not even making that much? Fortunately, that question has decades of research to help answer it. 
So, before we continue on with the rest of our series, it's important to lay out the facts of material wealth and its effect on happiness. In the world of happiness and career research, a world-renowned study was released in 2010 by Princeton researchers Daniel Kahneman and Angus Deaton, which found that people tend to feel happier the more money they make, only up until a certain point. They pinpointed that a salary of $75,000 per year per person is the estimate for max happiness. And after throwing out that $75,000 figure, it's important to acknowledge that the average salary in America as of 2019 was $31,000, which is starkly different from that $75,000. And I'm not trying to argue we should all just work for that arbitrary $75,000 and then call it a day. But it does go to show that having a livable wage brings a level of satisfaction and ability to live in the world that's necessary. And more than that, may not do us very good. But still, how do I, or we, we're in this together now, balance happiness and money and career? So if you're still with us and you're still asking that question alongside us, you've come to the right place. And next week, we're talking the first foray into career and happiness, internships. So stick around and join us on the road to happiness. On the Road to Happiness is brought to you by the Emory Career Center, produced by Frank March and hosted by me, Gabriella Lewis. Intro music by Emory student Willa Barnett.